Welcome, everyone, to the Altered Podcast, where we have DJ Hunter in the house. What up? Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop saying what? Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party. Hey Hunter, where's Ben at? Oh, you probably left after that. Did he ghost us? Uh, probably. Oh, dang, he ghosted us. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome live to the Altered Podcast with your co-host, Ben Burnett. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am back from the dead. I'm no longer a ghost. Thank you, Jesus. And your other co-host and creative director, Dina Burnett. I would just like to point out that we're not live exactly. Well, we're live now. Close in person. (laughs) And I would like to point out our other co-host, the one, the only, the man who stands taller than any other man in the room, the man who, if you hang around him and when it's sunny outside... You could stand in the shadow of his turbulence. The one, the only, Hunter D. Wow. wow. Applause, Uh, applause, applause. (laughs) I have the fans. You know, I don't even know what that phrase means. I should probably look it up. (laughs) I I saw it one time on this movie where Heath Ledger was a knight, and I stole it from that. Oh, goodness. Thank you, whatever Heath Ledger movie that was. Guys, I heard a story about 17 years ago. Wow. <laughs> you can <gonna> remember it? <laughs> <laughs> it was about two young in-love couples. Ah, uh, they, they... Two couples? Oh. There's just one. couple, yeah. <laughs> two, two people. Oh. Yeah. So I don't remember the story very well. <laughs> <laughs> All because two people... Fit. No, wait. That, no. Um, yeah, so... What happened was, uh, 17 years ago, almost to the day, Jeremy Camp was in Ashland at the Paramount Art Center, which if you know anything about Ashland, the Paramount Art Center is like the old theater in Ashland. It's not a movie theater. It's like where they do plays and have people. It's where Achy Breaky Heart was, the the music video was filmed. So go Whoa. look that up, Billy Ray Cyrus fans. But anyway, there's one lady out there like, yeah, Billy Ray. I love Billy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mullet and master Everybody's himself. singing in their cars right now. Don't, don't tell. Bring my, yeah, or, I, yeah. I don't no, know. you're right. Don't tell my heart. My okay. breaky oh. heart. Yeah. So anyway, so I really like this really cute girl. Her name was Dina Burnett. And That's, that wasn't my name. Her, well, actually, yeah, at the time it was Dina Killian. But I really like this, <laughs> this really cute girl. And so I asked her on our first unofficial date to the Jeremy Camp concert in Ashland with some Chi Alpha friends. So the Chi Alpha friends and, and Dina, we all got in the car. We drove to Ashland. We saw Jeremy Camp. When we got there, some friends of mine had extra tickets or something, so we got to sit on the fourth row and see the concert 17 years ago. How many rows are there? Uh, there's a bunch. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I told yeah. my mom, I was like, 
I don't know where Ashland's at, but apparently I'm going to a concert. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if there's like only four rows, you know, it's not that's not that impressive. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's there's a bunch. No, it's a big, I mean, it's, a big it's, it's pretty like it's a decently sized theater. Yeah, and so there he came back uh, this past week. He came back of uh, the week. We're, this is the last week of September when we're recording this, and so he came back. And Dina was like, hey, did you see that Jeremy Camp's going to be in town? Too bad we have all this stuff going on. Well, I rearranged our schedule real quick. I bought the tickets, and we got to relive our first date. I even bought seats that were in basically the exact same spot. It was awesome. Yeah, and so um, Katie Nicole was, uh, she was in. uh, She's the opening act, yeah. that's what I was trying to say. Opening act. And then he played some really, like, upbeat songs, and then he did this, like, little acoustic set. And as they were setting up for the acoustic set, um, he sits down on this uh, chair and starts talking about his career. And like 20 years ago, he started touring and blah, 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 blah. Well, whenever he kind of takes a break from talking, Ben just yells <laughs> out really loud, 17 years ago, <laughs> we started dating at your concert when it was here. And he's like, wait, I was here? Yeah, he's like, I've been here before? We're like, yes. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody else in the crowd is like, aww. Yeah. So I didn't have it on video, though, unfortunately. It's all right. It was awesome. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 16. Wow. We actually fe- remembered what episode it was. And Yep. Thanks to my lovely uh, note-taking skills. <laughs> and, and what is this episode called? This is called Ain't No Ghost Like the Holy Ghost. If you didn't realize that from the song <laughs> that <laughs> I worked so hard on. Yeah, you did great. Thanks. So... Well, before I go into this next little topic for the intro, you can open your Bibles to Genesis 1-1. And if you're driving, please don't open your Bibles because the song don't take the song, Jesus take the will literally. Right. <laughs> Just imagine that there's a Bible laying in front of yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so, Dina, we was on the phone earlier, and I heard that you were a Minto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a part of the Kentucky Association of School <laughs> Librarians. <Yeah. laughs> Not a mentor. She's a mento. She's yeah. a mento. Yeah. Apparently. A fishy. Yeah. Oh, fishy, yeah. fishy. So, uh, yeah, I'm a mentor to some new librarians, so that's pretty cool. I call them mentos. There you go. And so anyway. Um, <laughs> Are you wanting me to read? Since you're a mento now, <laughs> would you model good reading for us by reading Genesis chapter 1? All right. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Mm. There's so much there. There is so much there. Hunter, why do we read that passage? Well, because when you start a book, you start at the beginning. Well, you do. You're right. But who do we see in that passage of Scripture? We see God, Uh and we see the Spirit of God. Yes, hovering. Over the face. That's interesting. Yeah. So, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, the Holy Spirit is one part of the Holy Trinity. He is, um, he is God, and so a lot of people, I, I don't know if they they realize that the the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father or the Son. Um, we believe in a Holy Trinity where we don't technically believe that there are three gods. We believe that they are one, and that they exist in such a perfect unity that they are one. It's such a it's such a brain rattler of what the Trinity is, and the best way I can explain it is, you have God in the center, yeah. and then you have like a little triangle. You have uh, Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, and you have the Father, mm-hmm. and then you have Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and the Father is God, but the Father is not the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be Jesus. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. Um, so there are three individual people, 
individual beings, mm-hmm. but all, um, all one entity. Yeah, yeah. The uh, like, for instance, the Ten Commandments. It starts out. And it says, "Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord isn't three. Right. The Lord is one. And so we believe that we we believe in one God. However, they are a perfect trinity of three beings, um, so perfectly unified that they are one being. Yep, it's a brain baker, but that's okay. He is great in leadership. podcast right here. Yeah, <laughs> done. He is great in leadership, and he does delegation well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so talking about that, um, the Holy Spirit is, is what we're talking about today. Um, what is the Holy Spirit? Not only is he one part of the Holy Trinity, but he is also the helper. He is the Spirit of Truth. And so we have a verse in John chapter 14, 16, and 17. Dina, read that for me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Yep, and so. Thank you, Minto. <laughs> <laughs> so does does Jesus walk beside us and help us in these situations, or is it the Spirit? Well, according to that, it's the Spirit. Yeah, that's why, that's why I asked. Yeah, so. Because that, that's uh, we hear that phrasing a lot. Yeah, you know, like, but, yeah, and he walks with me, yeah. and he talks with me. Actually, Jesus or the Holy Spirit is actually the one who walks with you, talks with you, right? Yeah. And there's that poem, "Footprints in the Sand," or something like that. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's just crazy how the Holy Spirit doesn't get all the credit. The, he's he's kind of like the lower tier of the Trinity. Yeah. People seem to make it out at, but he's actually, like we said, one. Of uh, the triune God, yeah, and He still that is what that is a deity of God, like the. Yeah, um, I think it's because you can't see the Holy Spirit per se. Well, I mean, but I can't see God the Father either. Well, I mean, the Bible says I literally cannot look on God and live. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Dina just went. <sighs> anyway, never mind. Dan. I know, but like people in the Bible saw the burning bush. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, maybe. And then they saw Jesus. That's true, and and Jesus was the in the Holy Spirit. He was God in. I think in if people flesh. look, um, that sounded really country, by the way. People <laughs> look, <laughs> um, our body. I think you stupid sheep, just look around there. A little I bit. think if people would actually be uh, on the look for the Spirit, mm-hmm. you would see the works of the Spirit mm-hmm. everywhere. Oh yeah! Every time you see someone come to salvation, everyone you see, time you see um, evangelism going on. Oh yeah, things like that. Or if you just open your eyes in church. Wow, you just jumped ahead like like three, four things ahead. But oh, did that's I? okay. Man. We're gonna talk about all those things later, so don't you um, worry about it. I also want to ask. So in the title, uh-huh. you mentioned Holy Ghost, oh, and we've mentioned right. it before. Yeah. So what's the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make a joke, but I didn't want to be sacrilegious. So the answer is nothing. <laughs> um, the Holy Ghost is just the, the King James phrasing. Um, they use the word ghost, where we use the word spirit. Same thing. It's not that the Holy Ghost is like a ghost. It's just the spirit, and that's the word that they used was spirit, for spirit in the King James language. And so some people call him the Holy Ghost. Some people call him the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter. Both the same being. So in today's world, what should we use? Whatever you like. Okay. If you're a King James reader... That's more politically correct than the other. No. If you're a King James reader and you want to use Holy Ghost, have at it. If you're any other translation and you want to use Holy (laughs) Spirit, have at it. (laughs) You broke Hunter. I broke Hunter. It's okay. The politically correct way to say the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. 
Don't need my jokes. So, <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit as one part of the Holy Trinity. We have He is the help of the Spirit of Truth. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that rested on Jesus. That's Jeremy Camp's song, by the way. Woo! We love Jeremy Camp. Thanks, buddy, for putting on such a good concert. Dina. I don't even know who it is. You don't know Jeremy? What? <laughs> Whoa. I don't need to be attacked on one of my, on my own show. Do you even listen to Christian music? Oh, now it's your show. Yeah, it is. Oh. We're, at, we're at my house this week. <laughs> okay, let's go back to this. Do you listen to Christian music? Yes. Then you've heard Jeremy Camp, I promise. I mean, I'm sure I have, but I don't you, know He sings he a song. I still believe. That rose. Oh, man. I thought Bob Stamper sings I still believe. Uh, oh, that's I believe. I, I <laughs> used to sing I still believe. I, that, was my, that was my jam back in the day. I sang two worship songs <laughs> back in the day, repeatedly. I sang I Still Believe by Jeremy Camp, and I sang um, um, that Chris Tomlin song. Uh, how Great Is Thy God? That one, yeah, How Great Is Our God. Yeah. Do you listen to Christian music? I do, <laughs> no. all the time. Okay, and so. then there's that one song. Uh, you know, that one song is not very popular, I'm just saying, <laughs> because I don't know the name uh, of it. It's the, um, Everybody knows the name of that one song. Take the nails from these hands. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, where would you take the would place you take the place of this man? man. That's yeah, all. Yeah, would that. you take the place of this man? Anyway, <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, Jimmy Camp. So sorry Jimmy about Camp's your song, for you, sir. He is the same spirit. Let's we'll, we'll get this tra- train back on track. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's the same spirit. Yeah. Okay. So, it, but so he's the same spirit that rested on Jesus after his baptism, right? Yes. And that raised Jesus from the dead, and he and he lives in us. Too. And he's the same spirit that was hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter one. Yes. Okay. Same spirit that that reveals the truth to us that it just talked about in John chapter 14. So, Isaiah, we're going Old Testament, my friend. Isaiah 11, verse 2. Dina, what's it say? And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So, Isaiah chapter 11 is talking about Jesus there. It is a an Old Testament prophecy of Jesus, and it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And so, it gives us some characteristics of the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of wisdom, understanding. He's the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, might, I believe, is super important because people don't think about Genesis 1-1. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing is created. Holy Spirit's pretty important. So, those are at least a few of the things about the Holy Spirit. I, I felt like the, the really important things that we need to point out because if you know those things about the Holy Spirit, you can get by. Hmm. Everything else is water under the bridge, kind of. But there are so many other roles that we want to talk about, and we're going to look at the Holy Spirit's role in the in the life of a woman who's sitting at a well in just a minute. I got a question for you. Okay. Can you? So we can't see the Spirit. Sure. But we can hear the Spirit. Yes. So just like this ad we're about to have, oh. you can't see it. Wow. But you can hear it. <laughs> what a sudden <laughs> <Loose> connection. <laughs> Well, um, yes, so <laughs> thank you, Anchor.fm, for hosting our podcast, and we'll be back after this short message segment. Thank you. And so we're back. I've been thinking about that <laughs> since like, I saw <laughs> What a segue, my friend. Uh, no, thanks. So we're going to be talking about a scripture passage that I believe is one of Hunter's all-time favorite scripture passages in the whole entire world. The woman at the well. The woman at the well. What, where do we find that passage, Hunter? Where is the woman at the well? John chapter 4. It is. I have heard you preach the woman at the well so many times. And it's, it the only, is. it's actually the only piece of scripture I read. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could get by with just that one if you wanted to. <laughs> um, it's so good, and it's so packed with stuff. Yeah, you can preach 
the John chapter four, um, and get there's we know there's one true meaning of scripture, right? Yeah. But there are so many little things you can draw out of this, yeah. and uh, yeah. Well, you can look at it from so many different angles and still have one truth in it, you know. That is so true. And so, John chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside that well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now let's pause right there for just a minute. What do we see in this passage to start out with? Well, number one, it says that Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Did you know that when Jews would go from Galilee up to, or I'm sorry, from Judea up to Galilee, they would actually cross over the Jordan River and travel north on the east side of the Jordan so that they could avoid Samaria? Because if you look at Israel, you have uh, Judea in the south, you have Samaria in the middle, you have Galilee in the north. So they would cross the Jordan River so that they did not have to go through Samaria because Jews hated the Samaritans at that point so much. They saw the Samaritans as these compromisers, these people who um, married into the conquerors of Israel back in the day. And so they never would associate with the Samaritans. They saw them as literally the reason why Israel was in such bad shape that it was. And so for Jesus to go through Samaria in and of itself was a big deal. According to Jewish culture, it would have made him unclean. People, um, knowing that Jesus would have done so, would have looked down on him for doing this. So why does Jesus do that? Well, the Spirit directed him to. Yeah. How do we know that? <clears throat> that was really loud in my ears. <laughs> yep. Because he was called to the Jews and not the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Well... That is true, but that doesn't explain why he went through Samaria. Oh. Well, he had to. He had he to. Said, well, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, the and Bible says just, that he had to. My favorite phrase in all the sermons that you listen to <laughs> is when Jesus had to do something, when he says he had to do it, it's not usually an option. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, the implication there is that the Holy Spirit led him to do so. Because, you know, his disciples have been like, uh, dude, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. We <laughs> shouldn't do that. Those Samaritans are bad people. But, um, yeah, it, it's the same phrase when it says he had to. It's the same phrase, for instance, like in John chapter 3 when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he says you have to, a man has to be born of water and of the Spirit or we have to worship in spirit and in truth. Um, same kind of thing. And so the implications of all those are that there is a spiritual significance there. It's not just that he had to because he was just walking and it's like, well, there's some area. <laughs> I guess we'll just go through it. No, he had to because the Spirit directed him to do so. And so, number one, we believe that the Holy Spirit had a role in Jesus meeting this person at all. That's number one. Then it goes on in verse 10, and it says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What is living water, Hunter? Well, that's smart water from the vending machines. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sure. And that stuff is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, living water would be salvation. Eternal, eternal life. Maybe. That's what I've always heard the prosperity preacher say. <laughs> so, does Jesus ever clarify that statement anywhere? Does he ever talk about living water? He does. If you flip over just a couple of chapters, John chapter 7, verse 37, says on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Same phrasing, right? He says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this is he, I'm, I'm sorry, now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, I would agree, you are technically correct. It is about the salvation of the person. But the water that he's talking about is actually the Holy Spirit of God doing two different things. So when we look at this story in John chapter 4, number one, it says, he would have given you living water. Now that living water, I would agree, salvation. It's the seal of the Holy Spirit on a person showing that they are saved. It says, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Actually, huh? yes, he is, but we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water that welling up into eternal life. So there is an element of that water that is the outward seal. But when it talks about the water that will well up into eternal life, that wells up out of the belly, out of the innards, whatever, out of the person, when Jesus clarifies, he says that that is representative of the Holy Spirit that will be given to people, to saved people. And so what do we see here? We see the Holy Spirit at work, number one, for Jesus to meet this person. Number two, we see the Holy Spirit at work because Jesus knows things about her that the normal person just walking by wouldn't know. If you keep on going, it says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. So we'd only, we not only see that the Holy Spirit directs Jesus to her, we see that the Holy Spirit gives Jesus some info on he knows more about this woman than he should. Now you say, but, but Jesus is God. You're right. Jesus is God. But we also, we also see that the Holy Spirit rested on Jesus like a dove at the beginning of his ministry. We believe that we really don't see Jesus do a whole lot of miracles other than um, the, uh, um, the wedding in Cana of Galilee. But at the same time, one could argue that that probably that could have come after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. We really don't know. Or the Holy Spirit rested on him, rather. Um, and so what we see is the Holy Spirit at work in this story in so many ways. And so that begs the question, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, straight from the Assemblies of God website. Oh, hey, watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> so with the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Mm-hmm. Uh, Comes such experiences as an overflowing fullness of the Spirit. You mm-hmm. find that in John 7. Yeah. A deepened reverence for God, mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. An intensified 
concentration to God and dedication to his work. Mm-hmm. That's Acts chapter 2. Mm. And a more active love for Christ, mm-hmm. for his word, and for the lost. Yeah. Mark 16. Yeah. It's interesting that in this story it says that that, that water will well up. It's almost like it wells up out of someone because it's so full. And in that, the interesting thing about that is it wells up to help you be a witness. We're going to talk about that later. And so there are so many things that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. Um, and actually, I would argue, in the life of the unbeliever as well. And so we're going to look at some of those. So, Dina, what's the first one that we have on our list? He reveals the truth of God to you. Huh. Where is he? Well, how, how do we know that? Um, in John fourteen twenty five through 26, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. There you go. He will bring to your remembrance all that I've said. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send, and he will bring to your remembrance all the stuff. Well, that's why you're supposed to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's things <clears throat> like Alex Kennedy and, and us talked about when he reads through the Bible so much, he's like, I don't know how um, you would, if you go so slow, you may not remember <laughs> what Isaiah said or about that. Yeah. But the good thing about that is is that the Holy Spirit will bring these things um, to the forefront of your mind that you mm-hmm. haven't read in a minute. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're a slow reader like me that can't do that, um, there's times it's like, I haven't been in Ezekiel in a hot minute. Yeah. It's like, but I remember in Ezekiel, like somewhere, this says this. So yeah. If you Google it, you're like, oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that the Holy Spirit's just like, bing, here yeah. you go. You haven't read that in three years, but here he goes. But it's still there. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to do a really deep Bible study, you know, but at the same time, like you said, it's really hard to get through the entire Bible if you do that because eventually, like, you either might just stop or, yeah. I don't want to say burn out like it's a bad thing, but just... Yeah. You, you make it too overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I'm going on over a year and a half. Now, I haven't deep dove, but I mean, I, I'm not, not deep diving. Like, I'm I'm reading through it at a steady pace and trying to glean as much as I can. And so, a year and a half, o- over a year and a half later, I'm still working through it, Another, you know, as I'm reading through. Like at church, we're still, uh, what, is this year three of being <laughs> in Matthew? <laughs> it's not that long, but it is it is long, yeah. I mean, we've had like 40-some sermons on Matthew. And we're like in like chapter what, ten or something. 11, I have 13, to tease Pastor 13. Chris because sometimes we'll have these really cool like titles, yeah. you know. And so I'm writing it down in my journal, and then sometimes it's like Matthew Part 473, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah, I have to give him props though because you don't see churches just go through verse by verse an entire book um, very often, and I so it's really you cool. Come I think. up with a cool title though. A cool title? What do you mean a cool title for the sermon? I mean, yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure. Besides, he, part one. He does. He does that sometimes, but it's also good to know what part we're on. 476 parts later. All right. And so, anyway, so not only does the Holy Spirit reveal the truth of God to us, He also does something else. Hunter, what else does He do? He will bear witness about Jesus. Where do we see that at? John 15. What's it say? Oh man, I gotta get ready for this. Are you gonna have Dina read it for you? Let's let the Mento do it. Ah, the Mento. <laughs> unbearable (laughs) 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 but when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning yep 
one of the things that we see in the woman at the well, one of the things that Hunter brings out so perfectly every time he preaches about the woman at the well. Hunter, what does the woman at the well do at the end after Jesus offers her salvation? She drops her Gatorade bottle at the well. <laughs> That's right. And she runs and tells everybody. She does. And she says, you must be the true Messiah. Yep. And she runs and she says, tell, she tells everybody about a man that knew everything that I have ever done. He must be the Messiah. That's right. So. Well, I'm sorry. It's really burned into my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so we will, he will bear witness. G, er, no, 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 no. I'm trying that again. The spirit <laughs> will bear witness about Jesus. And the spirit bears witness about Jesus through us as well as to us, which is super cool. Yeah, And what Jesus said to her was so specific that she knew that he had to be the Messiah in yeah. order, you know, for him to know what he knew. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever had that moment, by the way? Have you ever been talking to somebody and you just know something about them that you shouldn't know? Like discernment? Yeah. Or have you ever been talking to somebody and, and you just know when you're like... Chewy chocolate center. Yeah, that, the chewy <laughs> chocolate center. <laughs> oh, no. That, like this person just... Whatever, like, have you ever had one of those moments? Like, yeah, but you're like you, sir. You have well to think just to narrow them down because it's just like mine are not like super. Uh, you know, on the third day of August, you did this. No, mine's not that. But it's like whatever situation we're praying about for you, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be okay, yeah. or. This is my. It's probably going to test your faith. Like sometimes that happens. It's like forewarning. Here mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. I think those come from the spirit. Yeah. But to see, but to be like, you know, you are lying to me right now. I've never been that good. Yeah. <laughs> I I was with a guy one time. We were doing street ministry, and he looks at this guy, and he goes, "You are a product of divorce, and when you were four years old." your mom and dad split up, and you thought that you would never know what true love really looked like. Dude just broke down and sobbed right there in the like middle of the street. It was just one of those things. And, and you know, like when you see like the people on TV, for instance, who are like, I feel like there's somebody here who has a knee issue. Like God does that stuff too, mm-hmm. but it's it's really amazing when you're in the middle of ministry and all of a sudden there's something that's so specific and God just pops it out there to you. Well, yeah, because there's this woman that my mom used to work with, and we, uh, her daughter got really sick, and we was praying for her. And mm-hmm. I was actually doing, like, I sent it to her in this text, like, I wrote it out. Yeah. And I was like, it's going to get worse, mm-hmm. and you're going to, it's going to really test your faith. And then at this point, whenever you feel like you can't do it anymore, and when you call on God for help, it'll, everything will be all right. And it almost happened to the T. Like, yeah. But those things, like, there's no way you could really, like, have known that. It's yeah. going to well, be the spirit. Yeah. And just a few months ago, that kind of happened to me at that conference I went to with Stacy, my sister-in-law. Um, yeah, you talked about that on another episode. Will you kind of refresh us and tell us a yeah. little bit more about that? So I'd been kind of going through some stuff, just feeling, I don't know, for some reason, just like worthless. Like I didn't really have a place. I don't know. I was trying to, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't have any friends or something like that, which was silly, super silly. And... um and just trying to like figure out my place in the church. And so um, we were sitting there and this lady just stops what she's doing and uh, what she's preaching to like 2000 women, but you know, whatever. But anyway, and so she uh, is preaching. So she stops preaching and she starts talking about how, um, you know, 
people's jobs are important and you may not even realize it. And so she starts talking about, um, you may be the person that brings brownies to everything, which started making me, you know, kind of freak out just a little bit because that's kind of <laughs> what I do. <laughs> and then she's like, and you bring that uh, blue-lidded uh, brownie pan. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's just an odd color for a brownie pan. And that's ex- specifically what my brownie pan looks like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The you Holy can go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. The Holy <laughs> Spirit um, revealed the truth of God to you through her yeah and i was the only one panicking you know looking around the room because i was like surely there is another lady in here with a blue lidded brownie pan and i looked around the entire room and didn't see a single person like even like move their head so yeah yeah well there you go so um not only well i think it's just interesting in that sense of like if if i couldn't speak Mm -hmm. about like God to other people if I couldn't like bear witness to them like if I just decided to keep my mouth closed Jeremiah 20 makes me like the the spirit would just explode within me because mm-hmm. it, it says if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name there is in my heart as it were a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am aware uh, and I am wary with honing it in I cannot so it would burst out from me yep. and that and that's part of the spirit yeah that just wells up inside of you you have to you have to, if you're a true christian you have to share the gospel it is not just a command but it's just it's what you do in daily life yeah and i think for me like whenever i've had moments like that i mean it just like i don't know gnaws at you like you're ready to explode like what you just said hunter um where you just can't take anymore <laughs> you just have to be like okay person like yeah. <laughs> here's what's going on i was sitting next to um somebody on a plane when we went to arizona for a friend's wedding and uh ben and i ended up not sitting together and so the whole entire flight this dude next to me looks like he's about ready to start crying at you know any random moment and i just prayed like lord is there anything that i can say to him to help him you know and the lord uh, gave me something specific to say to him. And I just turned to him right before we got off the plane and was like, Hey, you know, like, I don't know what you're going through, but this is what the Lord told me to tell you. And like, the guy just looked at me like, so like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you know that. Mm-hmm. And you know, so yeah, I don't know. So that was just for him to know. So yeah. Reveal hmm. the truth. Yep. And so Hunter question for you. Does the Holy Spirit only work in the life of the believer? I would say no. Um, <clears throat> I would say that's a yeah. No, I would say it has to be a no. The Holy Spirit is on Earth, and it fell on the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the next point is, is He convicts us. I think you see that um, non-believers do get convicted mm-hmm. um, about things. Yeah, you know, they call it a what is it? A conscience? We call it the Spirit. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the the good little angel and the bad little yeah. angel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on our shoulders. The, you know, the non-believer still has golden rules, right? Mm-hmm. I should. I probably shouldn't steal. I should, probably shouldn't kill. Yeah. You know, things like that. Yeah. But if I, you know, but if they tell a lie, they're probably not as quick to to tell come and tell the truth as we are. But some of them may feel really, really guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying that it is always a thing for them yeah. but 
you do see times where they're like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. Or I really shouldn't have said that. And I'm really sorry. And they yeah. call it a conscience, you yeah. know, where we say, no, you probably was convicted by God. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah. so, yeah, so you do see that. Um, but the the work of the Spirit in their life is very limited. I um, agree. Yeah. Um, to what, to the access that we have of, to the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so Joel chapter two, um, it tells us that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. Um, and that means all flesh. But why would the Holy Spirit work on somebody who is not a believer? Um, John 16 kind of tells us a little bit more about that. And so John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. He says, It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world, not just the believer, but the world, Concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. So that's the life of the unbeliever. Verse 10, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Then verse 11, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Hunter, who's the ruler of this world? The devil. That's it. We've talked about that multiple, multiple times now. You know what's funny? I was actually preaching a sermon this week. And we were talking a little bit about the temptations of Jesus, which we talked about in a podcast. And it just, it dawned on me, so many people give God such a bad rap. Um, you know, we, we talked about theodicy in one of the recent podcast <laughs> episodes with oh no, Alex old Kennedy. Alex Kennedy. And what, Dina, what was theodicy again? It is the study on if God is so big and powerful, how can bad things happen? Yep. And, you know, a lot of people give God a bad rap for all the bad things that happen in the world. But John 16 tells us that the ruler of this world is Satan, technically, that God made the world in the beginning, and he gave us the keys to the kingdom. He gave, he told us to, to rule over the world and, and, and subdue it, and then we sin. And when Adam and Eve sinned, we actually technically gave the keys of the kingdom to Satan. We gave our authority over to him, and so he became the ruler of this world. Um, now, it does say that the ruler of this world is judged here. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit, by the way, for doing that work, um, convicting us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Um, but what we see is that the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer and the unbeliever for the works of salvation. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. Before the Holy Spirit, there was no chance that we could ever obey the stuff of God. Anything. But thanks to the Holy Spirit, He enables us. He gives us a heart of flesh and enables us to carefully obey the rules of God. Question. Yes. So that kind of goes along with conviction. Mm-hmm. What is the Holy what part of the uh, what part does the Holy Spirit play mm-hmm. in our salvation? Mm. So there's quite a bit there. That's a that's a jam packed. Well, and it's there's I've always heard it simply uh-huh. as this. Yeah, is that it's the Father who calls, mm-hmm. it's the Son who saves, mm-hmm. and it's the Spirit that sanctifies. Yeah, well, and I would argue based on John 16, it's also the Spirit who convicts. Right, and yeah. that which which helps sanctify. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's how we know right from wrong. Yeah, through conviction. Yeah, um, it's when you're not convicted anymore that you need to worry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so actually, um, so 
we this is actually number six on the list, but I'll skip down there and then we'll come back. Uh, it says that, that the Holy Spirit brings us to life when we are spiritually dead. Romans 8, you love Romans. <laughs> Romans 8, 10, and 11 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so we, as believers, I think anyway, have that spirit that acts on us towards the beginning, who convicts us, and as the Lord works, as as the Father calls, draws us to Jesus, you know, and Jesus draws us to the Father, um, the Holy Spirit is the one who awakens us, who brings us to life, um, though we were spiritually dead. And so the the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation, number one, is that he convicts us. So I think it it's one of those questions, which one came first, the chicken or the egg? Which one comes first, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit or the calling of the Father? I don't know. But it's, I believe that the Holy Spirit has a role at the beginning. When we accept Christ, I believe that he seals us for the day of redemption. That's what the Bible says. We'll talk about that uh, in Ephesians 1, 11. We, we have that actually in the list too. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Now, that guarantee doesn't mean necessarily that we are guaranteed salvation from that point forward. It's almost like a debt that was paid, like a, like a down payment. Like he is the down payment of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. And so I believe that he is at the beginning of it. He is the one who seals us for the day of redemption. And then one day, he's the one who literally will raise us to life again. And so the role of the Holy Spirit and salvation is pretty important, right? 100%. 100%. And not only, not only does he do all of those things, but while in our salvation moments, um, in our times when we are living the Christian life, he intercedes for us. Dina, what does Romans 8, 26 and 27 say? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Yeah, and so we believe that the Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. So what's the role of the Spirit in the life of a believer? It is a beginning, middle, end, during, after, around, through, the whole bit. Um. Well, and again, I think the, the Assemblies of God website has good insights on this as well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, all believers are entitled and should adherently expect and earnestly seek the promise of the Father. Yeah. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire according to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. This has the normal experience of all <clears throat> in the early Christian church. So they experience this in the early Christian church. So we should expect it as well. With it comes the um, endowment of the power for life and service, the bestowment of the gifts and their uses in the work of the ministry. Yeah. I think that's what it means for the Christian today. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we see it in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is poured out. um, And and Peter says that this is the thing that was prophesied in Joel, that the Holy Spirit's poured out on all flesh. Um, you can and, find Bible references to what I read for, in Luke 24, Acts 1, Acts uh, 1, 8, Acts 1, 4, Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah. Um, I don't have time to read all those. Yeah, but, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is interesting that as you read through the book of Acts, 
you know, you, you read about people who are saved and then you read about people who seek the Holy Spirit. And if they don't, like, for instance, the Bereans in Acts, the Apostle Paul comes along and he's like, well, wait, you mean you, you, don't, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They're like, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Like, what are you talking about? We were baptized into the baptism of John. And Paul's like, oh, let me tell you about him, you know. And so it's just the natural progression of the believer in Acts that is what we see over and over and over again. Aren't um, you all from Berea? Do what? Aren't you all from, from Berea? Yeah, you know, we live there. Um, we <laughs> like Berea. Not, not quite that Berea in the book of Acts, but, you know, it'd be cool if it was. Um, Jesus was a country boy. Anyway. <laughs> and so um, we've been going for a while, but uh, we'll kind of wrap these up pretty quickly. Um, you know, the next one we see is that the Holy Spirit sets us free and makes us like Jesus. Dina, read for me Second Corinthians three seventeen and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, the unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I love that verse, man. And, you know, that verse is just so perfect when you think about the sanctification. That Mm -hmm. with unveiled face, we behold the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Thanks be to the Spirit who sanctifies us. So um, for any new Christian out there who doesn't know what sanctification is, what is what is that? Oh, it's it's us being, it's exactly what that verse said. It's, it's transferring us, making us more and more into the image of Christ. So we live more like Jesus. We talk more like Jesus. We act more like Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. It's, it's literally the, the verse from Luke that says, you crucify your old self daily. Yeah. You take up your cross. Yeah. Um, you do that every day. Yeah. You let your old self die. Yeah. It's a $5 theological word. That means you die to the old self and you become more like Jesus. Just in case somebody didn't know. Yeah. I appreciate that. I didn't <laughs> think about that. <laughs> Number eight, he empowers us to be his witnesses and make disciples. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, Pentecostal pastor, you got to get all fired up about this one. Dina, read me Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's right. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. As Pentecostal power, uh, Pentecostal pastor, you have to talk about the word power there. As the dunamis power, it's the same word we get the word dynamite from. <laughs> um, you know, it's an explosive power. It's the thing that we believe. You know, the, the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when Jesus talks in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7, you know, he's talking about this idea that this living water will well up in us. And if it wells up in us, it has to well out of us because it fills us so much. And so it's that power of the Holy Spirit that works in us so that we are his witnesses. Number nine, and I I left this one to last on purpose because in this world, I feel like we see so much hopelessness. The Holy Spirit gives us hope. Hunter, would you read Romans 15, 13 for us? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Yeah. The God of hope fills us with peace, but by the power of the Holy Spirit we abound in hope. Believer, I, I, I do feel like there's somebody out there who just, and I feel like there's a bunch of people who just don't feel the hope of Christ anymore, who look around this world and they feel just dejected and worthless and they feel like the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you know, that whole thing. 
Um, watch the news for five minutes, man. Yeah. You want to feel hopeless. Yeah. yeah. Watch it. They actually say that um, you should really decrease, if you're feeling a lot of hopelessness and different things like that, um, to make sure that you're decreasing your time spent on social media, on your phone, slash, you know, technology, and uh, to stay away from the news, that you should limit it to no more than like 15, 20 minutes. And double that if it's an election year. <laughs> Heck yeah. Might as, might as well, <laughs> well just not even watch TV. Well, you can't watch anything except for all the ads. Yeah, that's the truth. So-and-so is terrible, and here's why. But the thing is, man, it's like we, we was talking about it today, you know, and I was just on the Assemblies of God website and with the 16 Fundamental Truths, you know, yeah. and what it is about the, the rapture and things. And we used to, I'm going through Revelation that we're going through at church on Wednesday nights, and then we're going through it at work um, in our Bible study. And um, I'm no Revelation scholar, but people always ask me, what's your view of the end times? I'm like... I'm a pan trip man. I just, it all pans out <laughs> in the end. Like, and that's just the viewpoint I have yeah. when it comes to that. That whatever God, whatever the way God wants it to be, is the way it's going to be, and it's going to work out. Yeah. And that's why I was like, well, what do you think about the U.S. dollar and how the value of the U.S. dollar has collapsed in the last year? And I'm like, uh, you know, if God wants me to stay alive, He's going to find a way for me to eat. And that's true. And I'm. This is how you, this is how I people might say that oh well you stick your head in the sand and while the world burns around you well as long as God keeps my butt from getting burned while my <laughs> head's in the sand I'm fine <laughs> I try to have as much hope and, and as, as possible I'm a half um, I'm a glass half full kind of guy yeah in most situations yeah yeah it, it's funny I can be a pessimist about things sometimes. <laughs> Dean and then like, I'm always like, but Ben, think of it this way. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can be. Um, but thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit who gives me hope because um, without that, I was thinking about this the other day. I was having a pity party moment. Um, and I was like, I'm so dumb. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, you know what? If it wasn't for Christ, I would be a, a basket case and a hopeless wreck. But you know what? Thanks be to God who gives us hope. Um, you are dumb, though. Uh, buddy, hey, I can't hey. be. Hey, come over and get you. <laughs> Thanks, baby. I appreciate that. See, I oh. take her to one concert and Man. see she's taking up for me. I love it. I didn't mean to offend your bodyguard. Over here. <laughs> she's pretty tough. I wouldn't mess with. So, her. why is the Holy Spirit important? Man, well, the Holy Spirit is important for so many reasons. But number one, Jesus says so. Um, that's a good reason. That's, that's, that's number one. If you get, if you think of nothing else, <laughs> listener, if you remember nothing else, Jesus says the Holy Spirit's important. Um, somebody, I heard this in a sermon many years ago now, and it has always stuck with me. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Um, what? Say that again, Jesus. What now? What do you mean it's to, to our advantage that you go away? Because, you know, you always hear people who are like, man, if I could just go back in time and listen to Jesus for five minutes, imagine the Christian I'd be. Well, guess what? It's actually to your advantage that he went away. Blew my mind the first time I heard that. But he says, for if I do not go away, the helper, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. It is seriously like having a one-on-one time with, with God. Yes. Because it is. Yes. you. He is living in your being. Yes. And you're having, a, it's like the disciples, the 12, had to, you would see them getting uh, scraps and arguments about which one is the favorite and which one gets to go on these walks with Jesus Absolutely. and which one gets to go on these prayer times with Jesus. So it's like, well, not you guys because you can't hardly stay awake in the mornings, but <laughs> we get one-on-one time yeah. with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he's referencing to. It's a more benefit to, to you guys if I go yeah. because I'm just one. Yeah. Even though I'm 100% man and 100% God, I'm still 
100% man and I can only be in one place at one time. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm coming up to be poured upon all flesh. All like flesh. Said. Yeah. To, to do so many things and to bring us to remembrance, all that stuff. And so, yeah, Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away. We have no excuse as a Christian to not live the best Christian life we can because we have the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the work of God in our lives, like you said, all the time. And so Jesus says, if I go, I'll send them to you. Number one, why is the Holy Spirit so important? Jesus says so. Number two, Dina, why is the Holy Spirit so important? Because without him, there is no salvation. (sighs) Shocking. What do you mean there's no salvation? Well, if you look at Romans 8. Romans! Chapter 8, verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Oh. Oh. So, I feel like, yeah, we kind of talked about this earlier. We did. um, About when it caused conviction. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit, you know, like you said earlier, is for or does work in all, all upon all flesh, mm-hmm. but it only it, it does more work inside the Christian. It, mm-hmm. It's housed inside the Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if we're not sealed for with the Holy Spirit, then we're not Christians at all. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Yes, um, and God pours His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If you look at Romans five three through five, Romans. I <laughs> know. Uh, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Oh, and there's hope a hope word. Does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Heck yes. Thanks be to God, who pours his love into us through the Holy Spirit. And so... Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Because without Him there is no salvation and because God pours His love and His hope into us through the Holy Spirit. You know, it's funny that people say that Jesus comes to live in our hearts when we get saved. I would argue that that may be false. However, you know who does come to live in our hearts at salvation? Who comes to live in us, the Bible says? The Holy Spirit. Super important. Wow, next thing. Not last thing, but next thing. (laughs) We have one more after this. Um, I would argue that why the Holy Spirit is so important, um, the Holy Spirit's kind of given a special honor in the Bible that Jesus is not given. And so Mark 3 is where we see this, but Luke 12.10 says the same thing. And actually, I quoted Luke here just because Luke is what I'm doing in my daily reading right now. Luke says, And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Holy Spirit's given a special honor that Jesus doesn't even give himself. So the Holy Spirit's super important. Lastly, after the resurrection, Jesus commanded the disciples to wait on the Holy Spirit to come before they did anything. What? What do you mean? What are you talking about? You mean after the resurrection, they had to, they absolutely, we read that verse in Acts chapter 1, they absolutely were told to wait on the promised Holy Spirit until they went out and did anything else. Can you imagine me and Peter? Peter's the one who's, you know, he was the super patient apostle, right? He was the one who, you know, would have been like, hey, I want to go right now. Um, He was the one who was like, Jesus um, dies on the cross, and before the resurrection happened, Peter's the one who's like, let's go fishing. You know, like, (laughs) 
I guarantee that they had to like be like, Peter, we're going to wait and do what Jesus said, you know, like, but Jesus tells them to wait. And so um, Luke 24, for instance, it says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But, but, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Don't do anything else. Wait. It's that important. Notice that it says that the repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed, but stay. We've talked about the but gods in the Bible, how we should study those out, and this is one of those that's super important. And so, what do we see? We see that the Holy Spirit's important because without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot witness effectively like we should. Right. And I, and I think it's this, and you, you have all good things come in time. Yep. And I, I always had this saying, I said it a lot when I was a little younger, is that you were on microwave time. Mm-hmm. Right, we want we want that instant lasagna. Right, we yeah. don't want to have to wait. That's right. But you throw that thing in the crock pot, buddy. It tastes so much good. It is take your tongue and smack your brain out good. Mm-hmm. Right. So God is on crock pot time. Yep. God knows what He's doing. He's cooking this great meal. <laughs> but we and just if you w- grow your own stuff. Oh, oh, here we go. We're, we're without the preservatives and junk in it. Takes even longer, but tastes even better. But we were just adding on to this. You're feeling the fire. Look, I know. Next year you should grow a garden hunter. Well, there you go. No, we're going to grow it at your house. <laughs> <laughs> so then it is all the good things are there and ready, but we just want it to be thrown in the microwave. And so it'll be done in 35 seconds. Yep. But the crop <laughs> pot takes five hours. Yeah. But yeah. So much better. Yep. And that's kind of like, you know, the Holy Spirit, we're kind of in the same situation. God knew what he was doing. The Holy Spirit uh, is going to fall whenever the Holy Spirit's ready to fall. Mm-hmm. And these disciples are like, come on, come on, yeah. come on. 35 seconds, 35 <laughs> seconds, 35 seconds. And yep. then you're like, when you taste it, it's like, this could have been so much better <laughs> if I would just put it in the crock pot. That's right. Secret, <laughs> <laughs> secret thing number five of why the Holy Spirit is important that I didn't put on here, but I wish I would have now. Do you know the Holy Spirit is one of the things that God says that if you ask for, he'll always give you? I believe it's Luke, but I could be wrong. Um, but Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's like, you know, oh, actually, he's not even just talking to his disciples, he's talking to all these people. And he's like, you know, how, with you who are evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the whole, will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit is the one thing that if you ask for, he always gives. Secret reason number five. Not on the list. Wow. That was really good yeah. to keep secret. Yeah. There you go. So before the last 10%, mm-hmm. well, this can be part of the last 10%. Okay. I have a question. Yes. The name of this, and because uh, it's Halloween. Yeah. Um, it says, ain't no ghost like the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So are there ghosts? Oh, good question. It depends. I would argue maybe. Wait. Okay. I'm, I'm interested. Dina, you have a, a really good opinion on this, and I'm really going to quote you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your theory on ghosts? Well, 
So I believe that we do not know enough about the spirit realm. Um, you hear all these different theories that certain animals can pick up on, you know, spookables going through whatever. But, um, you know, whenever you're reading in Genesis and the fall and everything, that these uh, fallen angels came to earth. And so, um, I don't know. Like, I just think that there's a lot that we do not understand. Because whenever you hear about, you know, people bringing in these spooky movies and weird things happen in their houses and they welcome different things in. You know, there's just a bunch of stuff that you don't, I don't know, you just don't quite understand, I guess. Yeah. And so, and I've, I've heard you say this, and so I'm, I'm going to kind of bring it up. You know, a lot of people, they think that a ghost is in their house and it moves their stuff and all that. But every time you ever hear anybody talk about a ghost in their house, it's always this weird, evil spirity kind of thing who like throws stuff and scares you and all that kind of stuff. I would kind of argue, in my opinion, that those are more demons who want to mess with you than it is a ghost of your dead relative or someone who died in the house long ago. Because, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, too, so something that I do in the library is we we do talk about ghost stories in the library because the kids like it, you know. And so I do do an intro about it, about it's it's what you want it to make it be, you know, to, to not be scary. But um, in most of these places where you hear of all these ghost stories crazy things have happened in all of these places and sometimes really terrible things have happened so if you think about these spirits being welcomed in you know we talked what was it last week about demons Mm -hmm. yeah and you know whenever they get get, they go away they go get all their buddies and come back Mm -hmm. um so I do not think granny (laughs) is still hanging out 35 years later. Yep. Thank you, Lord, for keeping my house safe with automatic <laughs> locks. Praise you, Jesus. Um, I do not think Granny's coming back, you know, uh, to, to see you on Thanksgiving 45 <laughs> years after she's died. Um, but um, I think if you have anything in your house going on like that, it's, a, yeah, like you said, it's a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there are dead people, ghosts walking around. You know, I think, like you said, the fallen angels are demons. Um, and if you have an evil spirit, and you know what? Please don't call me. You can call Pastor Ben. His <laughs> phone number is. No, never mind. <laughs> we'll just put at Pastor Chris's phone number. There you go. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, that that because I said, ain't no ghost like the Holy Ghost. Uh, I yeah. feel like that has to be addressed. But do is there ever a Bible story where people commune with the dead? We talked about this one. Yes, the witch did. at Endor brings back the spirit of, oh, I don't know, Elijah, um, right? Was it Elijah? No, it was Samuel. Brings, brings, brings back the spirit of Samuel to talk to Saul. And he comes back, and what does the spirit of Samuel say? He is so mad. He's like, what were you thinking? Like, you should never have done this. But it is the spirit of Samuel that comes back. So is are there ghosts? Maybe. However, Again, I just don't think that we really know. Yeah, well, and I don't think they just like live in so, like I don't think that a dead person who gets murdered in a house, I don't think their spirit dwells because they have unfinished business. I think that's dumb. Well, I think it's a demon who's really talking make you here about unfinished business. No, 
No. Taking care of business. Now, when you're dead, your business is finished. <laughs> <laughs> you have one last business, and that's to be judged. But um, we can talk about that on another episode. So, uh, <laughs> so, Ben, what did you take out of this episode? So last 10% for me. So why is the Holy Spirit important? Why is this the, the ending for me um, in the month of October and spooky season and all that? We've talked about witches, and we've talked about demons, and we've talked about evil, and we've talked about can... Christians celebrate Halloween and all this stuff. Number one, first episode was about Christians celebrating Halloween. You can ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and he'll give it to you. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Um, the Holy Spirit is the one who who reveals truth to you from God. Number two, if you have witches and all the stuff, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there to help you and he is the power of God, the dynamite, the dunamis, the power of God in your life. And so... If you got problems with witches, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to you and help you pray, and the Holy Spirit will intercede for you, which is super important. Number three, what happens if you're walking down the street and some dude manifests a demon in front of you? <laughs> you better have the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help you, mm-hmm. right? And the Holy Spirit's seal on you, I do believe, based on what I've seen and what I've heard people say and what I read in Scripture, I think the Holy Spirit's seal on us is a spiritual thing that demons know not to mess with. Now, can a demon oppress the Christian? I do believe that they do. But does a demon can a demon possessed person hurt a Christian? I don't know. Um, I would argue that that seal does mean something to them, and that they know it. And so, this is the last for me. This is the the most important one, because we have to realize that God is so much bigger and more powerful. That's why we started with Genesis chapter one. God is so much bigger and more powerful than any of those other things. And his Holy Spirit lives in us, resides in us, seals us, protects us. And we need to trust in that more than anything else. That's my last 10%. Dina? Just how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives and how we need to be listening and just listen for that discernment throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's important for me in the last 10% is... The Holy Spirit affects all of us, mm-hmm. saved or not saved, um, with conviction. Um, but He actually dwells and lives inside the heart of a Christian. Um, it is the one-on-one time you need to commune with God. Mm-hmm. Um, just you need to utilize it. Um, actually, I feel like you see the work of the Holy Spirit more than any of us in present day would see the work of Jesus or the Father, because we, you know, we was not alive when Jesus was alive. Right. Um, but if you are, if you just have ears to hear and eyes to see, you can, you can see the work of the Holy Spirit manifesting in people's lives. Yep. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, you might know how the Holy Spirit, or how the Assemblies of God stances on this. Um, so I'm going to go on a little (laughs) limb here. Um, I think that every Christian has the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately mm-hmm. at salvation. Seals us for the day of redemption. Right. Um, I think the Assemblies of God believes the baptism is a, is a separate act. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a debate for a different day. Mm-hmm. But each Christian still has access in a, to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Um, but I know that that's a very controversial topic, especially if you get side to like the Church of God, who's a little Pentecostal, and then the Assemblies of God, who's a, they have different viewpoints. And yeah, um, yeah. 
And so I know there's a lot of church of God people who listen. I know there's a lot of assemblies yeah. of God people who listen. So well, and and here's the point of that. The the Lord tells us to receive the Holy Spirit, so we should. And if you want more of the Holy Spirit, ask. Mm-hmm. Done. So I think the big thing is is that just to realize that if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the point of that. Um, and other than that, I think you just need to utilize the gift that God has given you. Yeah. yeah. Use it. Don't lose it. Well, and ask for more of it. Ha. Yay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with that being said, Dina. Dina's fun fact. There it is. Woo woo. What you got right. for us this time? All right. <laughs> I love how every time Hunter's like, ah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Now you know what it's like, Hunter, when you don't know what's coming at the end. That's uh, so Hunter's random question was pretty nice. I know. Anyway. so <laughs> She's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, trying to stay on topic. Hmm. What are bats called with white or gray <laughs> Whoa, fur? Hold up. <laughs> Staying on topic? Hold up. I thought we were talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's trying to okay. stay on topic with October. Please re-ask the question because okay. you just lost me. What are bats called that have white and gray fur? <laughs> Skunk bats. <laughs> <laughs> Old bats. <laughs> Ghost bats. Oh, well, there you go. So if you didn't know that that was a thing. Um, so fun facts about ghost bats are that they have a wingspan of almost two feet. Wow. Can you imagine that coming at you at night? That's a big old bat. I mean, if it's dark, I probably wouldn't see it. Give me a tennis mm. record. Oh, I bet I'd see a two-foot bat <laughs> flying so, in my face. They are also sometimes called false vampire bats. Oh, well. Because they are carnivorous and they eat um, large insects, <laughs> reptiles, frogs, <laughs> birds, small mammals, and some other bat species. They They're are called, what? Called false Vampire bats. Yeah, but you said a seabird. What, what was that word? Oh, what? carnivorous. What is yeah. that? It means it eats meat. <laughs> You're also carnivorous. You eat meat too. I've never heard of that. I've heard of carnivores. Yeah. So to be a carnivore, the act of being a carnivore means that you are carnivorous. Oh, that's the verb. Yeah. Wow. Not really. It's not really a verb. It's. A, I mean, you. Yeah, it's more you an adjective. That. It's more the adjective version of it. Like it's the describing version of oh, being a carnivore. Oh, well, I learned something from the librarian. See, you learn something. You're right? a minto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, the good news is is that they do live in tunnels and caves and in rock crevices, but mm. they're mostly in Australia, <gasps> South um, America. Our Australian viewers, watch out. Beware the ghost <laughs> bat. <laughs> and South America and Central America. So. Oh, so watch out if you go to Mexico. Yeah, don't go to the equator. There you go. I mean, I'm just going to say this. We have new listeners around the world in Australia. And New Zealand is on on that list. And the Philippines. Philippines. I know. We're like. Thank you for all of our listeners. Our friends in Kentucky need to step it up. Because we're going to have more listeners internationally than we are here. You know what I also noticed? Our listenership in Great Britain has not increased. The queen. But it hasn't decreased either. It's still 1%. Okay, but episode. the other countries have went up just a little bit. But we, well, we still the no. UK has stayed the same. That means we just haven't said fish and chips enough. Though. <laughs> if we say that more, we'll probably... Fish and chips. <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't know that the Queen wasn't our listener still. Oh, you know they came out uh, yesterday and said her cause of death. 
old age. It was. It <laughs> was. I read that whole article well, just to get to that. She was in her yeah. 90s. I was like. And ran a country for most of it. God yeah. made her and then the sun. And then it, it was just a <laughs> test to see which one burned out first. <laughs> I'm glad it was the queen, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, Dina, thank you for your fun fact about ghost bats. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I'm scared of ghosts and bats. But have you seen those pictures of bats in like, I don't know where they're at, but they're like six feet tall? Yes. Whoa, yes, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what, what? Yes. Yes, bats that are about six feet tall. Ben, talk about them for just a second. Yeah, they're Ben, real talk tall, about them. And there's a picture, <laughs> and the dude stands there, and the bat's right beside it, and a bat's like, and it's no, as tall as the dude. It has to be Photoshop. I don't think so. There's no way there's a six foot. There's... A, if listeners, if you're out there and oh. you're listening to this episode, please post pictures to our uh, Facebook page <laughs> talking about Whoa. the really tall bats that are tall as people. That looks like Jeepers Creepers. It could carry Jessica away. Well, Jessica's like three foot tall, so I know and tiny. Don't look at me. Like could that, carry honey. her away. But yeah, there's uh, protect your wife, sir, from a bat. Hide your kids. I, hide your wife. I think the bat can not. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not. No, if that's a six foot bat coming, honey. I'm sorry. You better just start packing. Get your gun. tennis racket. A tennis racket? Get your tennis racket. Don't you know tennis rackets and fry pans can protect you from anything? So oh, I thought they were bats. The <laughs> some of the largest bats in the world, they actually call those flying foxes. Oh. Um, and they have a wingspan of five feet. Wow. Well, I didn't need a jet airplane coming at me. <laughs> those fangs. So <laughs> the good news is, is that they mostly eat fruit. That's good. Well, praise the Lord. You know what? He knew what he was doing. Thank he made you, those Jesus. Things. Yeah, for not making pterodactyls <laughs> in modern day the world you know what God was like he was making bats and he was like you know what you know what this thing needs things but you know what also he needs to do eat fruit eat fruit but can you imagine they still have to use echolocation so here's this five foot wingspanned (laughs) creature going around like going like no don't do it the bat version like (laughs) (laughs) I knew she was going to I knew she was going to oh yep big blind bat All right. well guys I've had fun in spooky season October What's next? Uh, next is November. And? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. So we're going to talk about being thankful. We're going to talk about... Thankfulness. All kinds of stuff. What you know do. what? I'm so thankful for the Altered Podcast. Ah, I'm thankful for you guys. Like, share, subscribe to any of your podcast uh, platforms. We leave us a review. Yeah. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. Comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If you don't like it, please don't comment. We don't need your negativity in our life. Um, <laughs> please send all negative comments to Chris May at my real <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to know how bad we are. I'm just um, you know what? And if he's listening, <laughs> he needs to tell us. He's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he well, starts getting all these emails. I'd like to just say one last thing before we... we can we hold thing. it out so I can uh, edit that out real quick? I'd like to say one last thing before we finish this thing out. Your lovely wife, Jessica, is at the table. She doesn't have a mic at the moment because she was taking care of the baby for a large portion of this episode. However, Jessica, would you like to say anything... Uh, she's shaking. She's no, she's shaking her head. No. Um, well, we're glad that you're hanging out with us anyway. You're not over there napping on the couch, but you're here with us. <laughs> I'm really happy a bat didn't take you away. <laughs> we're really happy a bat didn't take you away. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, guys, that would be sad. With that being said, we love y'all. Thank you for listening to the 16th episode of the Ultra Podcast. We will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs> 
wrong button. And with that being said, please have fun at all of your fall harvest festivals and check your candy. And don't invite demons all in right, your All right, all you IFB stuff. people who go to a fall festival. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Altered Podcast. Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on The Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.